Hey, everybody. January 8th, 2023. Wow. Wow. Um, wanted to just catch up with three things that I think is very, very important for agriculture. Um, <clears throat> one, the, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the 20 people. Um, the 20 conservatives. The 20 conservatives that took on establishment D.C. And those of you that know what I've done in the past, I've waded around in the swamp. Um, worked and worked closely. And, and don't get me wrong, a l- tremendous amount of people in USDA, career politicians out in D.C. are great, wonderful people. I mean, Judy's had them out here to eat supper. Um, got no problem with them at all, but... Um, we're not dealing with a lot of USDA people here. It's just, it's just a different, USDA is just kind of a different world. I'm just going to say that. And it's, and it's good. It's, it's good. It's good. Um, I'm going to talk about campaign donations, and then I'm going to end it up with Brazil. Well, let's talk first about the 20 and the deal with Speaker, now Speaker McCarthy, who with 15 votes, you have to go back to 1855, which is after the 1854 election. And you have to remember, um, in 1856, that was the last year that the Whig Party, which was the forerunner of the Republican Party, basically existed. There was a Whig Party in 1860, but it was going by the wayside. And the problem was, the, the Whigs were somewhat establishment back then, and they couldn't decide whether they were for or against slavery because they were worried about how it was going to be for business. And the Republicans came out against slavery. Uh, the Republicans uh, you know, took stand and nominated Abraham Lincoln, and that was basically the end of the Whig Party. Now, am I saying this is the end of the establishment party? No, but th- this this... This that went on with the 20, it's amazing what 20 people, 20 dedicated people working together were able to get done in the House of Representatives and basically taking on all of establishment Washington, D.C. You weren't just fighting the establishment Republicans. Now, the establishment Democrats, I think they were kind of loving this because, oh, it looks like chaos. And, and there was a lot of people that called me, and why can't the Republicans get their act together, blah, 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 and why can't they do that? These people are actually trying to change how things work. And I can tell you this. I'm going to tell you this later again. Nothing in Washington, D.C. runs by the way you were taught in civics class in either junior high or high school. You know, well, a bill originates here and they vote on it and they do amendments. And then they send it over here and they vote on it and they do amendments. And it's substantially changed. It goes back over here to see if they'll approve it that way. And, and then it goes to the president's day. Nah, nah, we wait. We, 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 especially on spending bills, we wait until we've already had to put a couple extensions in because if we don't, we shut the government down. And then we roll everything into one massive bill. Uh, don't allow anybody to do any amendments. You know, you can't pick out some crazy spending thing and actually make everybody vote up or down on it on an amendment. Everything's rolled into one massive spending bill, and then it's all voted on the budget of the night. Generally, after they've given each side thirty minutes to talk on it, so they can all tell the world how great it is or how bad it is, so both sides can go home happy. Now, 
I know there's some in agriculture that are going to say, oh my, but we've got a lot of spending in USDA and you know farm bills and everything else have been done this way. Well, maybe we need to go back doing it the way we were taught in civics class. Uh, it's going to make a new farm bill, you know, m- maybe a new farm bill. I think it's going to be more likely to renew the old one. And, and there, the, the problem gets down to food stamps. Before the COVID rules, if you were, quote-unquote, an able-bodied single adult, which basically meant you were a person that, that could work, that you could only draw food stamps for six months, and you had to either get a job or be training for a job to stay on food stamps. If you were unemployed uh, and or you weren't actively work, looking for work or in, in, enrolled in some type of job skills program, you didn't get food stamps. But the COVID rules came by and kind of threw that out. Well, there's a number of Republicans that are wanting to go back to the old before the COVID rules because we really don't have the COVID anymore and there's no longer an emergency. And, and, and then and I could hear all kinds of people argue about that, but I'm just going to say that's what they're saying. And, and that's going to that's gonna be interesting to see how Farm Bill comes out. But the speaker vote, five days, 15 votes. The 14th was the most interesting. I think they actually thought they had a deal, but when they didn't quite have a deal and somebody voted president instead of yes, whoo, there's a guy out of Alabama got a little wound up, and a guy from, I think, North Carolina grabbed him and pulled him back. And I like the way he put his hand over his face so the guy wouldn't say something that the 20 would hear that would say, Man, we ain't voting for it now if that's the way you're going to be about it. Now you got some moderates say they're going to withhold their votes on the rules package. Well, one, you know, always before to move your way up into committees, you had to just stay out in Washington forever and work your way up and be on the committee and be on the committee and be on the committee and and kiss all the right rings to move up. And then you got your nice committee assignment, maybe as a as a you know ranking member or a chair or you were the number two, or you got a great subcommittee. And, you know, I, well, and I'll use like the farm bill. If you're in the Commodity Futures Trading Corporation Oversight Committee or crop insurance, you're probably going to get a lot more campaign donations. The lobbyists are probably going to like you um, versus if you're in, you know, some, some other subcommittee, you know, on some obscure committee that really doesn't do anything. Um, and, and, and so some of the moderates are saying, well, this, this, this may restrict defense spending. And if it's going to restrict defense spending, then I don't want any part to do with this rules package. Well, there's your military industrial complex at work, folks. Um, there's your unlimited amount of money for, you know, I had a, I had a guy that I listened to talk about, you know, basically the United States Navy, um, is seven times larger, or, or yeah, I think seven times larger than the next closest navy in the world. And if you throw the Brits and the Japanese in together with us, which they'll probably go in together with us if there's problems in the world, uh, we're 12 times larger than anybody else. And basically, one of our super carriers, you know, has got more air power than all but like 12 countries. I mean, it's it's... 
you know, it, it's amazing. And I think you're looking at some of our firepower that these, you know, the Ukrainians are using just a little bit of it to 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 pretty much maul these uh, Russians all over the place. Now, I digress a little bit. If the Russians do get another half a million conscripts and get their act together next spring, it could be real interesting in Ukraine. And the, and the history of Russia is your first year of the war goes really terrible, and then they throw all kinds of bodies after it in year two and three, and they win about half of them and about, about, a, about a fourth of them. It's a good draw, and they only lose about a fourth. So... Uh, and and if it's Russia that's losing and not Ukraine, I don't know how long this thing could go on and and where it ends. Um, probably not good. But let's talk about the 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 rules the the new rules package that hasn't been voted in yet, but it's been promised that it's going to come in. But the, the big thing is, um, you know, and you got to get this motion to vacate. But the twenty. The 20, it can be interesting to see what they do, but let's talk about the first thing and the biggest thing, the motion to vacate. What is a motion to vacate? One person can stand up and say, I don't agree with what the Speaker of the House is doing. I'm entering a motion to vacate, and that means we have to vote on a new Speaker of the House. And that means if those 20 hold firm together... Kevin McCarthy's no longer Speaker of the House. So they can hold his feet to the fire. Huge, huge. We're going to allow amendments on appropriations bills. That means all the big money spending. And, and, and I'll tell you what, folks. Be ready for some, some somebody to enter a, a motion to cut out the farm bill spending. I mean, that 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 vote could happen. That amendment could be entered. Maybe, maybe not. But allow amendments to appropriations. But, you know, if, if, we're, if we're sending money to Canada for them to, um, well, let's just say, uh, go after the trucker strike. Um, if that was all wrapped up in these big ominous spending bills, you couldn't do anything except vote against the whole doggone thing. But now you could you could enter an amendment to strike said provision in the spending bill, and then everybody's going to have to vote up or down on it. And I tell you what, there, there's some, and I think we all see it every year. There's some crazy things in some spending bills that maybe benefit only one congressman or one part of one congressman's area, or maybe a bridge or a tunnel in Nancy Pelosi's district. And now we're going to put an amendment out there and everybody gets to vote yes or no on that one thing. Uh, and, and, and here's the other thing that's going to make it interesting about that. You know, where, where right now Congress never gets their act together, never gets things done on time, even they have a whole year to get next year's budget done. Uh, I know you're going to say, oh, well, the speaker vote, they should have been getting to work. You know, it's five days out of 365, okay? It's five days out of 365 days. Not a real big thing here. And I know you're going to say, oh, but vacations and weekends. You know what? Come be a livestock farmer where you get to do chores twice a day, 365 days a year, taking care of the animals. Welcome to my world. There ain't no day 
There is not, but I like to say there ain't no day as a day off. Because every day you got to take care of the livestock. You got to check them, but got water. Check them that everything's working. Check them nobody's out. <sighs> or, or something else going on. But allow amendments to, to appropriations bill. And then one's a spending, you know how they reach these spending deal agreements with the White House and the Senate. And we got a spending agreement. Well, guess what? Somebody's going to be able to enter an amendment in the House of Representatives and knock something out. And then do you have a spending deal? Well, and you know what? The, the, the bill that's passed, that, 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 let's say it gets amended in the House and the Senate's maybe already passed it, it may have to go back to the Senate to get revoted on. So maybe we need to get our work done a few months or weeks ahead of time. Um, 72 hours to read and review a bill before you have to vote on it. So no more the money, the government's going to run out of money tomorrow. And guess what? It's going to be 72 hours before it gets back into business. May need to get our business done a little earlier, a little quicker. Um, <laughs> yeah. I promise to allow a vote on term limits. You know, where we talked earlier about, you know, people being out in D.C. forever and the longer you're out there, the more apt you're to move up to committee assignments and everything else. One thing that I know that the Freedom Caucus wanted, but it looks like they didn't get, was people get named to the committees and then said members of the committee vote for the chairman of their committee and chairman of their subcommittees. That would be interesting. Because somebody that's been there for a long time could get passed over. And boy, they wouldn't like that because that's not how things always worked. But 72 hours to read and review a bill before you have to vote on it. And a term limit vote. You know, um, you pass. You know, you know, here's the thing, too. The, the House has the power of the purse. And everybody's going to say they can't pass a term limit vote without the Senate going along with it in the states and amending the Constitution and everything else. Yep, I agree with that. But, you know, maybe you could do it after 10 years. You're not going to pay anybody to be out there. The power of the purse is an, is a, is an amazing thing. Now, somebody's going to tell me, well, that's unconstitutional and everything else. But I'm going to say, no, we're not restricting your ability to be there. It's just we're only going to pay you for X number of years to be there. And then once you've gotten past that many years. And I know that other people would say, well, then only rich people could serve out there. Um, I'm just saying there's more way, more than one way to skin a cat. You probably need to explore and look into everything um, before you think about it. But, um, yeah, a term limit votes, and, and, and I just cannot tell you how big that is, 72 hours to read and review a bill. You know, and, and once again, you got some moderate Republicans saying it's a horrible idea that there's possible spending cuts to the Defense Department. Boy, the military-industrial complex. Of course, as much money as there's being thrown around, you know how much money those lobbyists are throwing around. Woo! Now, one other thing. A church-style committee investigating the FBI and then some of the other alphabet soup agencies. Hopefully that includes the CIA. Now you're going to say, what's the church-style committee? Well, back, and I think this was in the Nixon years, 
there was a church committee, and the reason why it was called the church committee, the chairman, his last name was Church, and they invested was the FBI FBI spying on ordinary Americans. And guess what they found out? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. And they said there's going to be there's going to, they're going to put some people on it. They're going to have the ability to do that. And you know anybody can talk all they want about January sixth. You know a church style committee. And my guess is, if rumors are true, and generally when there's enough smoke, there's fire somewhere making the smoke. There's a number of lower level FBI agents that aren't the Washington D.C. inside the Beltway liberal crowd that have the goods and have want to come forward as whistleblowers. And my idea, once you put a church committee together, um, it could get real interesting real quick. Hey, maybe you and I have been investigated. My, my guess is I have. I figure my name's on some list somewhere. Just, just guessing there. Um, some other things that are going to happen along with these rules that they get passed. And you know what? We could be back in chaos again if the moderates don't vote for the rules. Uh, it, it could be interesting what goes on. But Jim Jordan, we know he's going to inv- in- investigate the Justice Department's what is being called highly political January 6th investigation. I'm hoping while they add it, add it, they investigate the January 6th committee, which was v- completely all one-sided. Um, and, and Jim Jordan, smart guy. I like Jim Jordan. Smart guy. Be interesting where he comes up with. Um, and now, the Justice Department is actually, too, I think, investigating some Republican congressman, one who may be the Freedom Caucus chairman, who may be on Jim Jordan's committee. That'd be Scott Perry. That would be interesting. That would be real interesting as to where that leads to and goes. I, I We live in interesting times. I will say that much. Um, from what I can tell, establishment in Washington, D.C. is horrified that Kevin McCarthy wanted the speaker gavel so bad that he gave in to these radical demands by these 20 radicals. Well, you know, there was 56 young Americans one time put their signatures to a piece of paper that changed the world. And are these 20 going to change the world? I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's some possibilities for some interesting things to come out of this. Um, you know, you're hearing things horrified. Republicans handed power over to a bunch of right-wing extremists. You know... At any time, if all the rules go through, the 20 will have the ability to use the motion to vacate and they can force McCarthy out. Any time. Which brings the House to a standstill. And you know, as I told one person, it was, oh, the Republicans need to get their act together and they need to get to doing this again. And I'm like, you know what? We probably ain't getting screwed over if they're not doing anything out there. Now, I know they're going to say, well, they can't investigate the White House and the White House is continuing to do things administratively. The House of Representatives had the power of the purse. Of course, the last lame duck Congress just passed the big spending bill. But not too many months, that's all going to be coming back around. And um, it's going to be winning. I think this was a total win for MAGA America. 
uh, Matt Gates and company. Um, I think that Chip Roy out of Texas, calm, well-spoken, thoughtful. I think that guy's stock raised up. And my guess, if you're in a farm organization that wants to go out there and lobby in people, I'd maybe look a few of these people up and sit down and have a chat with them. Especially that Roy out of Texas. I'd see where he, I'd, I'd see where he's coming from and what he's doing and what 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 he's really interested in. Just just to go back to it, for years Congress has not run like you were all taught in civics class. Now I'm sure the the establishment's working overtime to to try to figure a workaround and to check in on all this. My that's my. That's my big my that's my big guess. That's my big, big, big guess. They're 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 doing everything they can. But now, second part of this podcast. Let's talk about the elections in eighteen twenty and twenty two. None of the three kind of went the way the Republicans thought they would go. Except maybe in twenty there was kind of a surprise jump. In House seats, but I'm thinking that's because the establishment didn't think the Republicans were going to gain many House seats, and they did. Um, and, and why you say I bring that up? Well, let's talk about campaign donations. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about the ability to get money up on, on media, not just mainstream media anymore, but getting ads up on YouTube, ad, ads on Facebook, ads wherever. Um, text text messages, uh, mailers, uh, the whole thing. The ability if somebody goes negative on you to respond to it. The ability to 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 do opposition research. The whole deal. It takes money. And a guy by the name of Sam Bankman Freed, who's no longer free right now, and the forty million dollars he gave to basically Democratic candidates, operatives, whatever you want to call them, friendly campaign committees to Democratic uh, uh, people that were running for office. And he did give a little bit of money to Republicans, but if you look at it, it was almost entirely establishment and almost entirely so the establishment could win primaries against conservative challengers. $40 million. And on top of it, Sam Bankman Fried and them were messing around with crypto in Ukraine. And I just wonder how much of that money wiggled its way back into certain places. May never know what the electronic transfers we got this day and age. You know, may never know. They may never unravel all that. But we do know that he gave $40 million, basically, to the Democrats. And then... There's a tremendous amount of high-tech workers that make really good money and have made a ton of money on stock options and stock price going up and everything else. And they've donated overwhelmingly to Democrats. Well, guess what? The, the, the high-tech jobs are trending down in a pretty rapid fashion. And another thing that's interesting, with all these people losing those jobs, a lot of them are cashing in either the stock options or the stocks themselves. 
and you read where a lot of these stocks don't trade on a publicly traded stock uh, trading platform. You know, they're not they're not Standard and Poor 500 or they're not the NASDAQ or whatever. So there's several firms, several of them, especially in San Francisco, that make they they basically make a cash market for these stocks from these startup companies. And you have people that are no longer employed at them that are looking to cash in their stock. And the one thing I was told that um, the stock sales are up and the price, the individual price of the stocks are down and down quite a bit. And, you know, I mean, not just Musk making cuts at Twitter. Facebook's made a ton of cuts. Google's made cuts. Amazon's made cuts. And you know there's all other kinds of, because the bloom's kind of all off this thing. And with interest rates going up higher, people start thinking about, you know what, I can just loan my money out for interest. I don't have to take a high-risk venture. You know, as one person told me, you know, you throw your money at 10 different companies, nine of them go broke, but the one makes 100%. Well, you made 10% on your money. Well, now with no risk, if they can make 5 or 6% on their money, they may just do that. So I think where I'm coming at here, oh, it, before I get there, Musk, with his before and after Twitter employee pictures, look at those pictures and then tell me who you think those two group of individuals were probably giving their money to. I'm telling you, it was overwhelmingly Democratic. Overwhelmingly. Now, crypto and high-tech money, I think there's going to be a lot less given in 2024, and primarily money going to Democrats. I just Now, this could all change. You know, the, the whole high-tech thing could be, take off back again and could go back up and all the other stuff. And crypto could explode again, and we could have doggy coin and... All this other stuff happening here, there, and everywhere. But I doubt it. I doubt it. And with that, just $40 million alone of Sam Bankman-Fried, you take it out of the 2022 elections, that, my friends, is a game changer. That's a huge game changer. And how much other money through the years have been given away by all these different crypto firms and high-tech firms and everything else. And, and yeah. Yeah. Cra- crazy times, as, as I say. Crazy, crazy, crazy times. Just, just interesting is how it all goes about. Um, I think it's going to cut the Democratic donations, and that could be huge. Well, and, and the other thing is, too, most of these employees that are being let go, most, most, there's a number of states and there's a lot of these employment agreements, they get paid for six months. So even though Elon Musk or uh, Facebook or Google or Amazon said, hey, don't come into work Monday, they're still going to write them a check for six months, still going to give them their benefits, health benefits and stuff. And and by, quote-unquote, doing that, these people are going to be able to kind of live their lifestyle for another six months. They're going to cash in whatever stocks they can get cashed in. Of course, they're going to have tax on some of that money. And then 
they're going to file for unemployment when they're actually no longer employed. But by election 2024, even though in another not that many far months away, about, you know, we're going to start, if, if there's a, if, you know, if your state's one of the February, March primary states, you're probably going to be circulating petitions in August, September, maybe October, November of this year to get people on ballots. So, yeah, the cycle's starting up, but um, I think where I'm getting at, yeah, there'll still be people getting unemployment benefits, but the money's, money's going to start running out here come August. Really going to start running out come August. And I think it's really going to, unless there's a huge, huge, huge jump in crypto prices, I think this this could just be huge, the amount of money. And finally, Brazil. Brazil's kind of erupted. What's that do for soybean prices? I do not have the answer for that. But if, you know, and then the question is, is just what happened today? And what those of you that don't know, uh, this is Sunday. Um, the Brazilian people, um, a number of them that supported the guy who lost the election, uh, took over some of their government buildings in their capital city. And, um, they, from what I can find out by now, they've pretty much been cleared out. Some of them have been arrested, but if, if Brazil does continue to have difficulties, uh, What's that do to soybean exports? What that does what that do to transportation? What does that do to the comfort level of somebody that's maybe got a lot of um, supplies booked from Brazil? Do they maybe slip a little bit over to a little bit over of it over here to the United States? And what's that do to soybean prices? And I guess the last comment, you know, with stuff going on in Brazil, stuff going on in Ukraine, uh, China, I think. There's, I think it's, I think it's Looney Tune crazy times in China too. Um, world's not happy. Or as one of my friends said, it's just nuts out there. So hey, everybody, be careful. Uh, buckle up, buckaroos. But I do know this: uh, you guys and gals, the smartest audience in agriculture, and you'll probably figure this out better than I will. But I think everything I did talk about here today is going to affect agriculture, ag policy, um, farm bills, uh, a lot of other stuff, possibly exports, everything else. I think there's a lot of possible long-term and short-term effects for agriculture in all three of these things. And I think they're important things we ought to be thinking about this week as we go forward. Well, hey, once again, to the smartest audience in agriculture, Here's to a great new year for all of you. I hope your 2022 was good, and we'll be talking to you again.